Can a good person who isn't, let's say, of our faith, when we use that term, maybe denomination, who isn't a Baptist, go to heaven or attain salvation? Yes or no? Well, interesting enough, when the poll was taken, 79% of those who took the poll said yes. Yes, you have to be a Baptist to go to heaven. A good person that's not a Baptist can go to heaven. You can attain heaven. 12% said no. What was really interesting is that among those that were surveyed, there wasn't a real big difference between those who claimed or said that they were Christians. 68% of that group said, yes, it's possible for a good person of another faith to attain salvation. But what Jesus is saying in the text before us is that you can't attain salvation. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. What Jesus is saying is that we all are like Zacchaeus. We are all sinners separated from God, undeserving of love and acceptance. But it was God's love and acceptance of him in that undeserving state that opened his heart to receive it. The problem is that many of us think that we go to heaven based on what we do. I'm better than him. You know what Paul said? In fact, Jesus in the text says, salvation has come to this house. I mean, after, after Zacchaeus embraces this grace of God, this unmerited love, he, he's overwhelmed. God loves him. He knows he doesn't deserve it. He goes home with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus says, I'm going to give away half I own. Now, now, the reason Jesus said salvation has come to this house is not because Zacchaeus says, I'm going to give away half of what I own. It's not because he says, I'm going to pay restitution to every person that I've ever cheated. In fact, there's a conversation that happens between those two events. Jesus goes home with Zacchaeus, and, and I imagine they sit around a meal, and, and they have a long conversation before, G, before, but before Zacchaeus ever makes the decision that he makes. But the fact that Jesus accepts him as he is when nobody else will opens his heart to be receptive, and, and I just wonder what the conversation looked like at the table when Jesus and Zacchaeus were talking. I even wonder what the disciples think. They felt out of place to be here. We shouldn't be here. We're not here. Why is he doing this? And you know what? I think that they might have even said, you know what? Jesus acts like he actually likes this guy. And I think he did. And I think he sat down with him and said, Zacchaeus, tell me about you. Where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? Tell me about your life. Tell me, how'd you come to make the decision that you made are you happy you made the decision you made? You have really been successful in life, but is it all that you thought it would be? Are you happy? Are you content? Have you, have you leaned your ladder against the right wall and you're excited when you get to the top of it that everything worked out? Or is it possible, Zacchaeus, that life hadn't given you what you thought it would and it's not like 
you ever dreamed and there's more that is missing. And Jesus meets him exactly where he is. He always does that. He meets you where you are. And with his curiosity, he begins to explore and ask questions. And, and, and Zacchaeus came to understand, I believe, that he is a sinner. That was an easy one for him to get. And then he began to understand that God loves him anyway. And that God offers him salvation and forgiveness right where he is. They didn't have to change a thing. You see, the Pharisees would have said this, Zacchaeus, if you want to be right with God, you got to go change some things in your life and come back and hope that you get it right. And then we will accept you. We're not going to be mad at Jesus if he goes home with you, if you give you about six months to prove to us you've done a good job. And you know, that's the attitude a lot of us have today, even in the church, because we think we don't need God's grace. You're the recipient of God's grace. You know why? Because your life, here's the truth, your life is such a mess that God himself had to come to earth and live and die in order that you might be saved. There is nothing good in you. You are like Zacchaeus, righteous, pure in name but not in reality. The Bible says that there is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Jesus comes, and I think Jesus tells Zacchaeus that he'll accept him as he is. And that kind of love allowed him to open his heart. And what we find next is a response to grace because when we're confronted with grace we respond either we accept it or we reject it and I'm telling you there are some people that go to church every week that reject grace because you are working your way to heaven you think you're going to heaven because you've been baptized you think you're going to heaven because you've lived a good life you think you're going to heaven because you come to church every week you're going to heaven because you're baptized. You're going to heaven because there's somebody you can point at that's worse off than you are. God shouldn't save them, but I deserve it. Grace says, none of us do. Jesus said salvation has come to this house. Very quickly, I, I, I want us to look at our response. How did salvation come to that house? Well, Paul says, By grace, we are saved through faith. The, the only reason we're saved is because God chooses us. Not because we are worthy, not because we deserve it, not because we've done anything right. In spite of your sin, God has chosen to love you. Paul said, we are saved by grace, through faith, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. The reason that Zacchaeus was saved is he accepted the gift of salvation that God offered and it's the same way we're saved today. He accepted that gift. Jesus, Paul says in another place that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And Zacchaeus refers to Jesus in this very text as Lord. Lord, I'm going to pay everybody back fourfold what I've taken and I'm going to give half away. I've found something so much more valuable than money. The things that I thought mattered in life don't, but you have come to me with a love that I don't deserve and a forgiveness that I should not be given. 
Zacchaeus trusted in Jesus as Lord, and he shows his repentance with a life of change. The reason Jesus says salvation has come to that house is because he received the gift of eternal life. And he gives evidence of it. All of a sudden, all that mattered now was Jesus. He didn't care about money. I, 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 that was the very motivation of my life before I met you. But all of a sudden now, you, you know what I've discovered? When you really do come face to face with grace, it changes everything. When you really do come to the place where you realize you are a sinner separated from God and there is no reason on this planet that God should save you and you deserve, listen to me, you deserve hell and separation from God. That's what you deserve and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't fix it, you can't change it. We sometimes think it is sins, plural that makes us separated from God. The Bible said it is sin. It's one sin or a million. It doesn't matter. All of us have sinned and all of us deserve to be separated from God. We're all the same. And none of us can save ourselves. And when we understand that, and we come face to face with that, and then we come face to face with the fact that, but God loved me in spite of my sin. And while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for me. And when I come face to face with that kind of grace, nothing else matters. When I'm loved that radically, when I am loved that supremely, when I am forgiven and restored, and I become a recipient of grace, you know what happens? We become a dispenser of grace and we give the same grace to others because that's all that matters you know why Zacchaeus was able to say that I don't need money anymore if he loves me that much I can trust him earlier in this same book in the chapter before us the picture of the rich young ruler coming to Jesus and saying what must I do to be saved and Jesus said will you keep all the commandments and Jesus meets him where he is because Jesus knows he thinks he goes to heaven because of what he does and Jesus said we'll keep all the commandments he said oh I've done it I've done it I've kept them all and Jesus said but one thing you lack I know where you are you're trusting in the wrong thing sell everything you've got and give it to the poor and the Bible says he walked away sad because he was rich. Now, Jesus wasn't saying you've got to be poor in order to go to heaven. What he's saying is you've got to realize that you have nothing. And I offer you everything. And when you understand you have nothing and I offer you everything, nothing else matters. And all of a sudden, you don't care about the things I have because I am loved by him. And if I am loved that much by him, then I, I, I can trust him. So here's the point. I think God put this story in the Bible for you. I think Jesus said with a smile, and with excitement today, today, salvation has come to this house. Because he's also saying, and today, salvation can come to your house. You can be forgiven, you can be restored. If you come to the place where Zacchaeus did and understand you don't deserve it, you don't earn it, 
If God gives you what you deserve, you're going to hell. You know, we always ask, we sometimes ask these questions, don't we? Well, why would a good God send anybody to hell? If he's a good God, why would he send people to hell? No, that's the wrong question. Here's the right question. Why would God send anybody to heaven? I know why we go to hell. We're sinners separated from God. We all deserve that. The real question is, why would he send anybody to heaven? The only answer to that is his grace. He loves you in spite of your sin, and today you can find forgiveness. And he offers you eternal life if you'll turn from your sin today to receive him. If today you'll let go of whatever you're trusting, it may be that you come to church every week, but you're trusting in anything but Jesus. You're trusting in baptism. You're trusting in the money you give. You're trusting in the, 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 all the tapestry of our life. And Jesus says, none of that matters. You're like Zacchaeus. Pure and word only. You desperately need a savior because without him, there's no hope. So here's the question. Have you placed your trust in him alone? Just him. Have you acknowledged I'm a sinner? God, I cannot save myself. I don't deserve heaven. That Zacchaeus story is my story. I don't deserve heaven. But you love me anyway. And I admit I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me. And I invite you to be my Lord. And if you do that today, salvation will come to your house. Would you bow your head with me? Maybe you've come today. Maybe you've tuned in today. Maybe you're listening today. Thinking that you're here for a totally different reason than you are here. Maybe you're here today because God has arranged for you to be here. You're hearing this because God wants you to hear it. God is confronting you with his grace and he's saying, you know, the problem is you think you're good enough and you're thinking that you're going to heaven based on what you've done. That ain't going to happen. You go to heaven because of what I've done and you trust me. And today we give you an opportunity to do that. You do that by simply praying a prayer as we would pray right now. God, I I understand I'm a sinner. I I really do. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve a relationship with you. I've done nothing to earn it. It can't be earned. I believe that. And there's no hope for me. But I thank you, God, that when there was no hope for me, you came to do what I can't. And I believe, Jesus, you came and lived and died. You paid the price for my sin when you died. The wages of sin is death. I ask you to forgive me of my sin coming in my life. I trust you. I believe you. I receive you as my Savior. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Now, Father, all over this room and all over this world, people have prayed that simple prayer to ask you to forgive them coming into their life. You said, if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So I believe you hold true to your promise. You've offered salvation. And I thank you for that. May we respond in this moment right now that you've given us. For those that are still thinking, 
and working through it. And this moment is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. In fact, what I want to do today is offer you an opportunity to process what we've talked about. Maybe you didn't pray that prayer with me a moment ago. You've been thinking about it. It may be. It may be that you're still trusting this church to do what only God can do for you. And so in this moment, would you think and answer the question, have you been the recipient of that kind of grace? Have you embraced the fact that God loves you even when you don't deserve it? And make that peace with him in this moment. So listen real quick. I'll be here at the front if you want somebody to pray with you. If you have a question about that, we'd love the opportunity to respond or you can contact us online at pastor at southcliff.com and engage in that conversation. But let's listen as we respond. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now, I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. I run to the Father, fall into grace, done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again. at Southcliff Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.